Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, if um, you have a birthday in August, stand up. If you have a birthday in August, I know we got a few. All right, look around here. Johnny and Howard. Birthday in August. All right. From young to, I'm not going to just announce everybody. Everybody look around, say, hey, I know you. Keep standing. Amen. I just want us to all to sing happy birthday to these precious people. Stand back up. Come on now, some of you. Come on, Johnny. I ain't going to ask Johnny how old he is. I know how old Howard is. Who? Oh. Hey, yeah. Come here. There we go. Oh. Yep. Now. Uh, Pastor Pat's got enough room. Eli used to come up here. He's a little bigger now. Um, by the way, we celebrate life and transition. Uh, Randy Tingle transitioned home to heaven. This afternoon will be a celebration of his life at uh, Pruitt's over at Newcastle. And the Tingle family been involved with us 30 years. And Eli, how many members of Eli used to come up here? And, and uh, hey, you don't know what's going on, do you? Hey, it's going to be fun. Just hang with me. You're dressed right, overalls. But anyway, um, celebrate. The Randy's life today. But let's all sing happy birthday. How old is one? One on Friday? You're one. How's it look? Look out there. Look what you get to grow into. <laughs> look at that. Look at all these people. Look out there. Yeah. You're a good kid. All right. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. It's Liam, right? Happy birthday to Liam and all these older people. Happy birthday. God bless you and extend your life. Amen. All right. Liam's first time in the pulpit. All right. Amen. Yes, God's a good God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Well. Thank you, Jesus. Let me get my stuff all lined out here. Um, another person I want you to, as you turn to Genesis chapter 2 with me this morning, uh, we're going to finish our series, get your head on straight. We could go on this forever and ever about renewing of the mind and what it takes and what's, what's the process of it and the value of it. And, but we're going to close it out today and begin some, some other things. But um, um, another person who's been a big asset in my life went home to be with Jesus this week. Um, Dr. Michael Murray, Pat Murray's father, um, Mike and Colleen. Now, some of you younger kids, you can Google this, but some of us older kids grew up watching Colleen Sharp on TV, Ruth Lyons 50-50 Club, Paul Dixon, different ones. Um, Miss Colleen was married to Mike Murray. Um, they got saved later in life, gave up, uh, gave up, she gave up television. He gave up an insurance company. And they began to travel the world teaching the Word of God. And in doing that, they produced uh, two wonderful children, Shannon 
and Pat Murray. Pat Murray's married to Jackie. They pastor in Vandalia, Ohio, Living Word Church. Been tremendous assets to Brooke and I. And uh, um, Pat was sent right out of Bible school, Rhema Bible Training Center, to Ointon, Kentucky. Stayed there a year. That's how I got to, to Rhema. I was going another place, but God dealt, dealt with him to not to let up on me. So uh, Dr. Mike went home to be with the Lord Friday afternoon. I got the call Friday night at Gatlinburg, and uh, I just want to remember the, the Murray family as they celebrate uh, Dr. Mike's life this coming week. And, and um, how many's ever lost a father or an uncle or an aunt or a mom? You know what it is to see a patriarch, matriarch move on. So we just believe God to be a blessing unto them. Uh, we want to end out this series on getting your head on straight about what we have in our father. And our father is a finisher. How many knows our father is a finisher? He gets things done. Amen. How many can believe, Father God, what he starts, he's going to finish? And I want to encourage you today to get your finish on. I want you to start thinking today, no matter how young or how older you are, that God wants you to finish the assignment he's put in your heart. Now, that's going to take individuality. That's going to take friends. And we're going to talk about the four levels of relationships just in a minute on that, but we're going to talk about finishing your assignment on this earth. You might say, well, Pastor Pat, I'm not real sure what my assignment is. Well, I'll tell you what, you keep hanging around the Word, you keep hanging around the Spirit of God, you keep hanging around people of grace, and you will find your purpose and your gifting in this life. And listen, when you usually say that, everybody thinks as a believer, i got to be a preacher or a teacher, an evangelist, or an apostle, or a prophet. No, no, no. You have to be what God's called you to be and that could be anything from a farmer to a physician. That could be anything from working in a plant and making things come together that you can sell. That could be anything from being in the mountain of education, the mountain of arts and media, the mountain of finance, the mountain of health. There's all kinds of mountains that God wants us to take in this life and represent Him. And when we represent the Lord Jesus Christ on those mountains, people know that we have a good God and we have a God that loves people. So we've been talking about we're three-part being. First Thessalonians chapter 5 teaches us that we're a spirit, we have a soul, which is our mind, our motion, our will, and our intellect, and we live in a body. Three, everybody say three parts. three parts. The problem is, and many times as Paul talked about and others in the Bible, that we as Christians are sometimes more led by our flesh than we are by our spirit. The Bible says those who are led by the... Spirit of God are called the sons and daughters of God. God doesn't have a gender problem. God, you know, the world's created a gender problem. There's no such thing as a gender problem. It's a general definition of who we are and how we're built and put together. So God's not confused about anything. But we, when we ask Jesus into our heart, Jesus comes into our heart. Our spirit is changed. We go from dead to life. And then we're challenged to renew our minds with the Word of God to change the way we think so we can change the way we live. Change the way we think so we can change the way we live so we can not only find our purpose and our assignment on the earth, but we can finish it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, in verse 23, it says, it says that God wants all three of our parts, spirit, soul, and body, to be served blameless until He comes or we go to heaven. Blameless. So in other words, people can see that we are changing the way we live by the power of grace. Not works. Works will wear you out. Works will leave you frustrated. It's by the power of grace. 
God's divine nature upon the heart, which involves levels of favor and levels of, of, of just opportunity, doors opening. Paul said, I have a great door opening. He said, I have an opportunity to go somewhere in ministry. He said, but there's many adversaries set against me. There's always going to be resistance and tension for you and I to step into and to maintain what God has given unto us. It's one thing to receive it. It's another thing to maintain it and grow it. This thing is a process. This thing is over time. This thing is, is an evolution of what God has put on the inside of us to grow and develop that we can come to the fullness of the Godhead. So we can understand the Father's role, the Son's role, and the Holy Spirit's role. I grew up in church. I had no idea the Holy Spirit's role. I did not know. I knew there was once an outpouring. I knew there was once a receiving of the person and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I knew at once there was a reception of power and grace and tongues, but I heard it went away, so I didn't look for it. If you hear over and over something went away, you won't look for it, and you won't expect it. And the, part of our whole makeup is being hungry for what God has for us. So, not only does God want us to grow up to maturity, he wants us to grow up as representations of him on the earth as sons and daughters. He wants us to put on the full mind of Christ so we'll be able to fulfill every purpose God has put into our heart. But we have an enemy. Everybody say, we have an enemy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief, everybody say thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to try to distract you, discourage you. He comes to try to detain us with wrong thoughts, ideas, to keep us from not only locating what we're called to be and do, but to stepping into that with the blessing and help of relationship in the earth. It takes a renewing and renewed soul and mind to complete what God puts us on the earth for. I want to read you the definition of, of a finisher. Everybody say this with me. In Christ, in Christ I, have the I have the ability to finish, to finish. what God has put on the inside of me. Now, you might not know, and I might not know everything what God has us to be and do so far in this life, but He holds no good thing from you. He will reveal it to you and me in segments. And segments will match seasons. I'm not the same person as I was 32 years ago when we started this church. There's some places I've, I've grown. Some places are kind of the same, but it's not the same. And I want to tell you something. The church and the call of Jesus Christ is the same, but the methods and modes are not the same. And, and just the cross is the same. The blood is the same. The redemption package is the same. There's 50% less churches in America than there were 100 years ago today. 50% less. There's more churches shutting down and starting. I'm not telling you that to get pity or woo or ah. I'm just telling you we got a job to do. We're going to continue to start churches. They're going to grow and thrive. We're going to see Jesus the head of churches. We're going to see small towns and communities and regions changed by the Word of God, the power of God, and the grace of God. We're going to see broken people, bruised people, confused people, lost people, and Christians in the neutral find their purpose and place in Christ and take their ground. And not only take their ground, but drive stake posts in the ground so it can be enlarged to bring a capacity to the, har the harvest coming at us. 
that means every, listen, listen guys, that means every one of our homes is going to be a place of refuge before this is over with. You are the church. They won't have to get to a building that can hold two or three, four hundred of us. They get to your house. They get to your truck. They get to your place of work. They get to your place of activity. And they've encountered the church. And we have to be ready, full of love, full of grace, and full of the knowledge of the power of God to be able to answer their questions and run off whatever demonic force is in their life. We have to be ready, not just get them to the church house and to the preacher. We have to be ready to step up and be a mass unit, not the TV thing that ran for a long time, but it's the same thing. MASH is Mobile Surgical Army Hospital. We need Mobile Spiritual Army Hospital. Activated, released. We've all heard enough good sermons and word of God and revelation drop down. It's time we just go and start planting seed. It's time we let the planter in the ground. I remember one time I... I was planting and I was little. I thank my daddy, I thank my daddy so much not to wait till we was of age to do anything. Me and my brother and my sister. He shoved us on things. He showed us. He didn't always explain it the best verbally, but he showed us, he showed us how to do it. And my daddy come out of the old school. He didn't tell you he loved you every day and lick you like a calf licks a, a cow licks a calf. But I knew he loved me because I heard him un- unloading corn at 4:30 in the morning. I knew he provided for me and my brother and my sister and my mother. He told me he loved me with his production, his protection, his productivity, and I tell you. And God wants us to get to a point here, guys, I'm, I'm telling you that we're ready that basically Sundays, weekends, services, and we'll, 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 we will add services because of the mass coming at us. Sundays, weekends will be celebration time. You come up here with somebody that got delivered from this, delivered from that, healed from that, got a new hope in their life, and it'll be a testifying time. It'll be a time of celebrating what God has been doing. It'll be a time of celebrating what's happening in the renewing of our minds, going through revive and having things, emotions and things that's held us back, pains and bondages being delivered off of us. It'll be times of water baptism. It'll be times of Holy Ghost infillings. It'll be just celebration. It'll be like a reunion every week. How many grew up loving family reunions? I'm just giving you a little infomercial of what's coming ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Amen. All right. We're going to talk about the definition of a finisher. Our Father God is a finisher. The definition of finishing or being a finisher is one one who completes or finishes an assignment, bringing a task or an activity to an end, completing something, a conclusion, Bringing something to a close, consummate, finalize, fruition. I'm closing this out. I grew up, baseball pitchers, there's usually one or two pitched a game. And before our time, way back there, you started a game, you finished a game. And matter of fact, those guys pitched double headers in the old day. Now we usually have four to five pitchers per game, and the last one's called a closer. And a closer usually gets in eighth inning, usually the earliest, sometimes a little early, but they're there for an inning, inning and a half to close it out, shut it down, it's over. Complete it, they're there to put an end to it, to bring it to a conclusion, to bring it to a close. And I want to tell you something, the spirit of finishing on the inside of you is wanting to bring your life to a close when you're finished. And let me just insert this right now. You have enough time to fulfill what God's put on the inside of you. That live, I don't have enough time, that's a lot. You say, well, Pastor Pat, I'm 70 or I'm 80. God can get done more in a short period of time, grace, 
in the rest of your life than probably what you and I have done prior. If we allow him to do that, if we allow him to lead, if we allow him to, to complete everything he's put on the inside of us. So, you and I are a finisher and we're on our way to completing everything God has for us. The end or the final part or stage of something is finishing it. And our Father God has a great track record of finishing what he started. Say out loud, say, I'm a finisher, I'm a finisher. in Christ Jesus. So let's not, let's not even think anymore about not finishing, not finishing well. Let's not think about missed opportunities. Let's not think about being overlooked. Let's think about obeying God in the time he has given unto us. You were equipped by the Spirit of God to finish. God will finish that physical healing in your body. God will finish healing that marital problem. God will finish healing that financial situation. Our job is to stay connected, stay committed, Stay submitted and hang in there with him. If you start in God and you stay with God, you will finish. And you were equipped to finish because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, the last three days, two and a half days, uh, we had a Rama Bible uh, regional meeting for graduates and, and people connected. And so, so we took some people down there, staff, and Brooke and I, and Pastor David Molina, and and uh, people who were in town could go anyway. But I want to talk to you about finishing. And it's a little bit, little bit unnerving here, but I want to talk to you about finishing. Pastor Pat's not going to ride tubes anymore in creeks. There's a creek down there, actually called the Little Pigeon River. I'd like to choke that pigeon to death if I could ever find a pigeon. So we go tubing, and how many's ever went tubing on those? I'm not talking about the lazy river under the hotel parking lot. I'm talking about running water with birds and houses and snakes and turtles. And so the people said at the tubing place, it's two foot deep because that's where the water flow and the water release from the dam upriver, anyway, two foot deep. And I'm thinking, that's not bad. And the lady said, it's going to be better than yesterday because yesterday you drag your bottom on the rocks because there's less water. I said, well, that's better. Who wants to drag your bottom on rocks? How many say amen? How many had that feeling all your life? Amen. So we get in these tubes. Number one, the tube ain't big enough. I mean, it's a big tube and it's thick, but, you know, the tube's not big enough. And you could choose a tube with a hole in it so you could stick your posterior through the hole or you could have a bottom in it. Well, I, I just got the one with the hole in it. I didn't know. Here's the problem. When we launched on this tubing expedition, we're talking about finishing now, I can't tell you how many times I looked for somebody to save me on this creek bank. Nobody came to save me. Drag me out. I was looking for a little airboat to pull up there and put me in it, take me back to my car. No, no, we're going to finish, Pastor Pat. No, thank you, Jesus. So she said it's no more. And, and, and Jimmy, um, Lord bless Jimmy. He has a funeral this afternoon of a cousin's husband. Seriously, bless him, Lord, as he in Sacramento, Kentucky, conveys the love of God. How many say amen? Jimmy and Chastity would be doing that. Um, so two feet of water. It's ah, two feet of water. Now, just to give you a little update on finishing, I never was a water person. I just, you know, I like water, but I like it, you know, bathtub depth. How many say amen? I just, I don't know. How many here just loves water? You can live in water, on water, you're water, you're aquatic. I, I'm not aquatic. So... Uh, that means uh, around water. Anyway, so off we go. I could tell immediately that my girth 
didn't fit well in the thing, the tube. I'd been better off with a tractor tire tube. I dreamed of all the tractor tire tubes I'd seen in my life. And my God, if I just get my hands on a tractor tire tube. So I get in it, and, and at this point in my life, and it's no excuse, it's my issue. We're talking about finishing. You know Genesis 2, 2, where we're at, it talks about Jesus. It talks about how Father God, with Jesus' direction, how they were working together, how they finished the creation of the earth. It says after six days the work was finished and he rested on the seventh. You know when you finish what you know you're called to be and do, there's a rest. It's not that push your work, it's a rest. And rest has rewards. Man, I was thinking about being rewarded getting to the other end of this thing. And the lady said, it's only a mile and half. Man, I thought I was on the Columbia River coming out of Missouri somewhere. I was looking for David Crockett or, you know, Clark and Jones and somebody saved me. Anyway. We go off, I'm doing pretty good. I can't, how many's ever ridden on those tubes? Raise your hand if you've ever ridden on those tubes. Let me tell you, they got those handles. The handles are on the wrong end of the thing, and you turn around, and still on the wrong end of the thing. So, you, you know, and with my girth, I can't bend up. So, my feet are sticking, I look like a barge coming down through there. My feet are sticking up, I'm leaning back. I get tired of leaning back. So we go along, and you have to adjust for the rapids and go around, and, and Jimmy's been down through there, so he's trying to direct us, and, and <clears throat> some people won't mention just go and leave us. I mean, I could have been dead three years, and Ashley will never know I'm back there. But anyway, <laughs> thank God for Zach. So I get to a place, and I keep thinking, it's only two foot of water. If I fall off this thing, it's no problem. So I edge up a little bit. I edge up on that tube a little bit. And I said, this is not bad. I can straighten up. Because I've been leaning back, you know, leaning back, it's hard to breathe. And I, get my, I get my legs over the front a little bit more, and I go, I got this. And just as soon as pride hit my soul, I fell off my tube. <laughs> now, as I'm falling off my tube, how many times have you fell off your tube in life thinking, somebody set me up for this failure, somebody's lied to me. All oh, you get married and all your problems go away. Shoot that liar. How many say Amen. <laughs> As I'm going over, I'm thinking, well, if it's only two feet of water, my knees are going to hit. And I brace myself and pop back up. Well, my knees didn't hit, my knees didn't hit, my knees didn't hit. I know I'm two or three feet under the water. I've never touched the bottom. I'm thinking, I'd like to choke that person that said this is two feet river. So I come up. I'm a little bit frightened. Maybe a whole lot frightened. <laughs> so I haven't swim over my head in a long time. Coach Rose, you can believe that. I mean, I, and I'm thinking, what a way to end your life, down here in a little pigeon. Amen. Brooke come and encouraged me and so forth, and um, we, we, they, they take me toward the bank and um, help me get back in. And, uh, and by the way, thank you for all the help. I know what a boat feels like coming into New York Harbor now. When you come in and you're a very large vessel and you have two little tugs guiding you, that was Brooke and Jimmy tug guiding me. They tell me when to pedal. It's just like life. You'll always people to help guide you. If you'll let people, listen now, listen, there's spiritual truth in all this. If you'll let people sent by God help guide you and you just rest in what God's called you to do at that period, you'll get to where you, you need, to, need to be. So we, we get back going and um, um, that's where we get out. Is that where we get out of the bank and go across? Is that the next time? You all remember? Really didn't bother you all that much, did it? But anyway, there was two incidences. 
I got going again. We're talking about finishing things. I got going again, and uh, again, I had a problem. I had to get out, get on the bank. I'm barefooted. I lost my flippers. I lost, they're floating down there. Somebody got them. Thank God, Chastity got them. And I remembered to get out on solid ground. All those rocks are round and they have moss on them. So every time you move, you fall. You slip, you fall. My knees are, it looks like somebody buckshot me. My legs are holes in them. And, and it was, I'm talking about finishing now. You, you feel like this way in life, in your spiritual life sometimes. Like, God, am I going to finish this thing? Am I going to get beat up? Am I going to be left back here to die? The buzzard's going to find me. You are going to finish what God started with you. So, got going, got around. The next time, I had a problem with a, with a ripple or a rapid. And the water was about this deep. I mean, she's running pretty hard. And I can't move. I'm about to fall. And I'm trying to hold on to my tube because I don't want to lose my tube. And the tube's trying to drag me back into the fray of things. And so uh, I think Brooke gets hold of my tube for me. And Zach's out on the bank trying to help me. So I remember then watching Daniel Boone and Fess Parker once. I remember, what was that Indian that always helped him? That Indian that traveled with him? Anyway, he was a nice guy. Mingo. See? Somebody else is old in here too. Mingo. And I said, Zach, hand me a stick, reach me a pole. I just pictured Mingo like a 12-foot tree limb. Zach sticks out a little, little <laughs> this ain't helping me. <laughs> but he, he never left my side. Why would I tell you all that? Because you're going to feel like you're drowning sometimes. You're going to feel like you're cut to pieces sometimes. You're going to feel stupid sometimes. You're going to wish you'd never got on the river and the, and the spiritual walk with God sometimes. But all those things are lies to you. What God starts in you, he's going to finish. Amen? Our Father's a finisher. You're a finisher. And God's going to allow you and I to complete everything he's put into our hearts. Our Father is going to finish what he called us to do as individuals and as a church body. God created you for a specific purpose, and he gave you the right amount of time to fulfill your purpose and your completion on the earth. Look at, uh, let's look at our next verse. Let's go, we looked at Genesis 2-2. Let's look at um, John 4, John chapter 4. Say this with me, I will finish what God has called me to do. No devil in hell is going to stop me, and I'm not going to stop myself. John chapter 4, verse 34 this is what Jesus is talking about. And he's been talking here, ministering to people. They're concerned. They're concerned about Jesus not eating. And in verse 31, John 4, 31, in the meantime, his disciples said to him, Please eat, teacher. Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Verse 34, Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? They're thinking the natural, he's thinking the spiritual. Listen, if we keep the spiritual, get it first, the natural will take care of itself. If we get the Mary first, the principal thing, a relationship with God, communication with God, purpose with God, the Martha stuff will work out. But if we start working our way toward God with Martha activity, thinking we'll finally work ourselves to a place we're good enough for God and we've achieved enough, you'll always be frustrated and you, will never, you and I will never have rest. Mary activities produce Martha production. And then verse 4, 34, said, Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
My meat is to finish his work. Peggy, your meat is to finish what God put you on the earth to do. And you know what? Not one thing that's happened to you in this life, good or bad, will not be overlooked by God. And God will take everything, positive and negative, and turn it into his good to help people that are bruised and broken and confused and in bondage. Well, that's just for Peggy. No, it's for every one of us. He'll take all of our experiences if we'll submit them to him. I'm encouraging you to stay in the river. I'm encouraging you to hold on to the raft. I'm encouraging you to let the people who are more gifted in grace to you to help you through the troubled waters. I'm telling you and me to hold on to what God has started and finish your river race. And yes, we did finish. Probably an hour longer than most people. And yes, we did complete our journey. And yes, we mounted the little bus. And yes, we rode back. And yes, we celebrated that night. Stay in the boat. Don't give up on the voyage. Don't quit. And please, please, let's look to the meat of why God sent us and what he's called us to do. And it says here, Jesus says, I'm here to finish the will of what my father said. Turn to John 19 with me. John 19, we're talking about finishing what God has started. Don't give up. Let me tell you something. In 1985, I had an acquaintance at Rama. I think we graduated 800-some students that year. In 1985, I had a guy quit two days before we graduated. Two days. He said, what are you doing? We've been here two years. We took the test. We've done all we know to do. Why are you quitting two days before we graduate? He goes, i got to go home. I said, don't go home yet. I'm encouraging you not to quit on what God's called you to be and do. I'm encouraging you to stay in communication with Father God. I'm encouraging you to continue to renew your mind. I'm encouraging you to move from me to we. We as a church, moving together, fulfilling the purpose God's called us to. I'm encouraging you. Pastor Pat's not the only one he's to. I want to encourage you. Pastor Pat's not the only one who gets down the creek, and it's deeper than he thought. Pastor Pat's not the only one on spiritual journeys. Of, if I'd had this in the fine print, I might not got in the tube. How many say amen? But once we get in, we're in. And once we start, we start. And it's very important who you start with. It's very important who you allow to come upside and help guide you and tug you and love you. And there's four great relationship levels. And complete everything God's called us to complete, we have to understand the four levels of relationship. Because our relationship with God has levels. And the number one relationship, the number one stage we start out in relationship is basically number one, like. Like. How many's got some people you like? How many's got some people you just like? But you really won't, don't want to do a lot of life with them. But you like them, you know. You like the people that sells, sells you potato chips. Or you like the people that mows your grass. Or you like the people that does whatever. But the first definition and the first stop is like. Is like. And we have to like. In other words, if we're going to grow this thing, we have to like. How many here likes God this morning? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my will. Right? So that's more than liking. So number one is like. Say this with me. I like, like Father God. Father. We like Father God. I like him being my daddy. I've had two good daddies in life, great daddies. I had a daddy on earth that was fraud and flawed and, and good-hearted and merciful and about half crazy. But I had a good daddy, good daddy. Worked hard, protected us, provided for us. I mean, give us opportunities. Let us do stuff when we were little before we was big enough to do it. People stopped on the road and said, your boy's up there doing this. He's too little. Daddy said, I took him up at daylight. He's all right. And the old man told my daddy, he said, it's kind of dangerous. That horse weighs almost a ton. 
and said, Pat ain't very big. I was about eight years old. He, he leaned over and told that old man, he said, the horse is smarter than Pat. He'll be all right. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. So you got to like someone, but like ain't enough if you're going to develop a deep relationship with Father God and other people. The next level is friendship. And the Bible says there's a friend who'll stick closer than a brother. I got friends that don't have the same blood I have in me as my family, but I've got some friends that I love like family. How many's got friends you love like family? And it says there's a brother or sister born for hard times. There's, you know, I got people in this room. I used to do it to a pastor I had. I would call a pastor up and say, I love you, I'm praying for you. Anything you need me to do, let me know. i tell him that. Because he said most of my calls are somebody sick or dying or mad or upset or da-da-da-da-da-da-da or complaining. And I said, well, I just want to encourage you. I, I got a person in this room who does that to me. Calls me and all he ever says, anything you need, just let me know. Three in the morning, five in the morning. I don't care where you're at. Let me know. And that, that's developed from a like to, to a, a friend. Look at your neighbor and say, we all need friends. Amen? My friends, my friends that helped guide me, and Ashley was really way ahead just to part the ways and make sure we was okay, wasn't it? Anyway, she's so little, she's flying down the river. But we've got to move from liking, and we've got to move if we want a deeper relationship or friendship. And the next one's relationship. And now it becomes some level of intimacy, relationship. I'm concerned about your people now. I just don't think about my kids. I think about your kids. And I think about your kids, and I think about where they're at and what they're doing. And I think about where they're at in their marriage and where they're at in their life. And I think about you as a shepherd and a pastor. I can't afford to stay in one, two places in there. I've got to learn and move with the, with the okay and the, the, the green light from you to develop these relationships as a pastor. Because good shepherds, they know all their sheep to some degree. But if sheep don't make themselves available... If they're not around, you've got to run them down all the time. The 99 and one's a good thing, yeah, but sooner or later, after 10 times of running down the one, you get this idea the one doesn't want to be caught. Or maybe caught's not the right word. But when you develop that relationship, you start doing life together, sharing life together, and, and then you move into the last one that's love. And there's no weapon that can be formed against love. All things are possible with God's love through faith. And the greatest of these is faith, hope, and love this is it this is it this four levels of allowing god to be somebody somebody we just like and believe in and moving from you know i'm a friend of god and moving forward to what god has put into our hearts and then we walk in this love that god's not my life it's your life john 19 look what it says verse 30 john 19 look what it says verse 30 jesus is hanging on the cross this is the end of his assignment on the earth and when jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the ghost. It is finished. Jesus had to understand the power of finishing. Jesus could have changed any time. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I could have called down, you know, hundreds of legions of angels, but I choose to fulfill the meat of my Father's direction. And I want to tell you something, it's very difficult sometimes and very uncomfortable to always finish what God's put in your heart to do. So I want to encourage you not to give up. And I want to close with this. Isaiah 64, 8. The Bible says God is our Father. The Bible says we are clay. And the Bible teaches us that the potter's wheel keeps turning. And that tells me, never give up on the season you're in because God has the power with His hands to adjust things, to change things, to even adjust you and me. 
So as the potter wheel keeps turning, you've got to keep adding water. And there's two waters that's going to be added to us. The water of the Word that's going to change the way we think, which is going to change the way we talk, change the way we walk, change the way we move in life. And the water and the power of the Holy Spirit in the Word that's going to, all you need is a word. All we need is one word from God to hold on through that tough season so you will finish. And you finish in your tube. And if we do it right, we're going to have people. I mean, I went into the river that day. I liked all those people with me. I had a friendship to some level with all those people with me. And starting with my wife and others, I had a relationship. But boy, did I love those two tugboats taking me home. So I just turned over on my belly and let them do all the work. And once in a while they'd say, pedal, can you pedal now? So, you know, I'd pedal my feet. Man, I felt just like those great ships coming into harbors and those, those little tugs that come along and they got them. And they twist them and they turn them. And, and I said, God, this is what it's supposed to be like. I'm supposed to have a relationship enough with you that you'll send people like this to guide me through the times I fall off my tube. Times I get hung on the rocks. A couple times I got hung on the rocks. I was beached. And they kept helping. Father, you're the potter, we're the clay, we're the work of your hands. We're here dedicated to do work in, in your stead. And Philippians 1 6 says this. That's our final scripture. Look what it says. Philippians 1 6. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to finish this thing God's called me to do. Turn to somebody else and say, I'm not a quitter, neither are you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 is being confident of this very thing that He, Father God, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Amplified says, I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that He who began a good work. Everybody say a good work. The Bible says you're His masterpiece. You're His workmanship. The Bible says you're the best He's got. The Bible says He has put things in you before you even got here to complete. And He who begun a good work in you will continue. will continue. Thank you, Father, you continue the days that don't go well. Thank you, Father. You continue in the days things come against us until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of His return or until our passing, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. God is going to complete and develop that good work in you. And if you're older today and you fight the thought, I'm too old, you just need to do a little study on how old Moses was and all kinds of people in the Bible when they stepped into their purpose. If you're young, it's never too young to step into your purpose. But always make sure that you understand the power of liking, the power of friendship, the power of relationship, and make sure you have people that'll stop what they're doing and come and guide you into the harbor, directed of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you start, you're going to finish. We thank you today, Father, that you have begun a good work in all of us. Father, the vision for this church to raise up strong regional churches in small towns and areas in Kentucky will be completed. Father God, I thank you what you've started individually in us. You will complete that. And Father, there will be friends along the way. There will be relationships along the way. There will be likes along the way. And most of all, there will be undeniable, unconditional love along the way to help us through the troubled waters of our life, to help us anchor in, to help us to reach port. And we thank you for that.